Hello, everybody. Kyle here, returning with an updated episode of the Stellaris Emergency Broadcast. This week, we are covering Stellaris Dev Diary 216, titled Changes to Necroids Content in the Lem Update. This came out on Thursday, June 17th. Pardon me, I've been planning some moving stuff, booking the places' accommodations along the way, fighting with U-Haul to get a truck these last couple days, so pardon my uh, being tardy a little bit, but... A huge thank you to the uh, Stellaris team keeping us so updated. This, these, these regular dev diaries are not only proving to be very like exciting and interesting, uh, but it gives me a ton of content to talk about here on the show while staying like really in the know with the game and not even you know having the time to play. So again, huge thank you to that team keeping us in the know. Let's start off. It says, "Hi everyone." As Greg Wolf has mentioned, one of our key aims in the upcoming LEM update is to improve the value of our existing DLCs by adding new content to them. As part of this effort, several of our species packs have seen some love. This week, I'll start off by taking, um, sorry, talking about some of the upcoming changes to the Necroid species pack. While we were overall very happy with the content that went into Necroids and it set a higher bar, few of us within the team and the community at large regretted a few of the missed opportunities. LEM Update has provided us with the opportunity to rectify this. I did paraphrase just a smidge there. You guys can check this out. This is up on the uh, Steam news page for Stellaris. You can grab this in the show notes too, I'm sure. Hey, if you haven't joined already, get your butts in the Gilded server. I've seen a ton of you joining. Huge shout out to all the people coming over from the Stellaris Emergency Broadcast. Pop in that server. It is gilded.gg forward slash RPN for Revelator Podcast Network. Go check out that site too while you're at it. But uh, it's like a it's like a Discord server, but way, way more features. Way more features from forum additions to calendars to schedulers to help you get into games together. It's really, really cool. It has genuinely helped us set up events with our uh, overseas friends. We were just playing Stellaris with a friend from the UK. Shout out to Reaper if you're out there listening. Played with Reaper the other day, and we used that scheduling feature. So huge shout out, literally. Get in the server. Um, you can right-click your name once you get accepted in and uh, give yourself the Stellaris emergency broadcast role. Hang out, chat, have fun. Okay, this update really feels like it's for me, and I think I'm going to just do a quick pause as I bring Louie in. He's choosing to bake himself out on the porch there. One sec. Okay, with my doggo uh, retrieve from the porch, let's continue on. Necrophage hive minds. Yes! Okay, I was, I was real excited for the necrophage to hit the game, but as you know by now, I am fairly exclusively a hive mind player. I do like the machine hive as or machine intelligence as well. I, I just really, really jive with the Hive. I know it excludes things from the game, but that's actually to my betterment. I'm not really a fan of doing all the minor politics. Um, just not my cup of tea, right? Play as you want. Well, it was a little bit of a problem because the Necrophage did not come to the Hive Mind sort of deal. So let, let's just continue reading. There have been quite a few calls for allowing Hive Minds to be Necrophages. And with Lem, this will now be possible! They will work similarly to normal necrophages, but with a few differences. Flavor texts that assume individual intelligence have been rewritten to fit the hive theme better. Hive minds generally cannot support non-hive individuals within their empire except as livestock, and necrophage hive minds are no different there. However, unlike other hive minds, necrohives will allow their livestock to procreate. The livestock can then be subsumed into the hive via centers of elevation. 
Unlike normal necrophages, this is the next bullet point. Unlike normal necrophages, necrohive uh, necrophytes don't use consumer goods. Instead, their upkeep of food or minerals, if they're lithoid, has been doubled. This sounds exciting to me. Wait, I, 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 I didn't play the necro necroid stuff when it came out. It just didn't grab me because, again, no hive. So without belaboring that point, I am obsessed with this idea. Tell me if I'm playing Hive out of date now. It definitely feels weaker this way. But I used to go when I was playing with my friends, I, I would go Hive and I would go with the um, evolutionary mastery route and I would pop down the cloning centers. Those seem so expensive these days. Can I get any consensus from my other Hive mind players? How you doing out there? I used to zerg like a huge pop really quickly and it was very fun. I mean, bad for the serve, the stability of the game, I suppose, but uh, very, very fun. One of the things along the way that made this a very tantalizing route is collecting other species and then assimilating them into the hive. And you would do so by, again, going with the two, the two part uh, ascension perk route of, of, of evolutionary mastery. Words are failing me. So I would go that route, and then you put them on to the, eventually, you have to go, and it's very tedious. You go into the species thing, and you make a new template or whatever. You change all of their settings from livestock to assimilation. Am I correct in thinking, and I might be misunderstanding this, I'll have to look into further detail, but this seems cool. So my livestock would provide food, procreate, and then also get assimilated effectively? What's the word for that? They would procreate the livestock and then be subsumed into the hive. See if any of this flavor text actually helps us here. I'm looking closer. Can convert pops of other species to the primary species. Only necrophage pops may be leaders or take ruler jobs. Start with 12 pops of a secondary pre-sapien species. I think this is what I want to play. I think this is what I want. Like, I, I think this is one of those cases where Stellaris may have given me what I wanted without me knowing this is what I wanted. I, just two seconds ago before reading that flavor text better, I guess this is more of the, uh, this is the text you find when choosing the necrophage origin is where that was. Not so much flavor text, it was more the effects and all that. Uh, anyway, I don't like having to go in and manually set all those subspecies to be assimilated. Like, that's just tedious. And beyond that, I don't care to have all those different races in my empire because it's a lot of management work. And I don't, I admit, I don't understand the mechanics. Like, that is that is an area where I have a glaring, probably, like, misunderstanding of the game. Or not misunderstanding. I'm not optimizing it. Let me put it that way. No. To my, my issue here, I, I find it to be very clicky, to be very boring, to be very unappealing. And if I'm screwing that up and you guys are just national, you know, you're furious on the other end of this, let me know if, if that's a terrible sin that I don't do much with it. I do go in and I change my primary species. This is where I get reinterested in this idea because management overload, bandwidth, I'm, I'm lacking the mental bandwidth to go about it. I don't want to have to go in there and, and choose what species pop up on what planets and yada, 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 yada. If the AI would do that better, hallelujah. But I don't think that's the case. I don't feel like that's really happening with, with my empire. So if they can just all get turned into my primary species, that sounds just like a lot less legwork. Write to me if I'm wrong. Kyle at RevelatorNetwork.com. Hey, beyond that, get into the Gilded server. You already heard. Gilded.gg forward slash RPN. Reading further down. 
Like normal necrophages, necrohives can use the necrophage purge to speed things up a bit. For this purpose, but in a change applying generally to all hive minds, hives are now allowed to purge gestalt pops that are not of their main species again. Oh, they're giving us the ability to purge them. I don't think I want that. Making hive worlds, like, let's see this one. Next bullet point. Making hive worlds make sense for necrophage is a bit complicated, as there was previously a hard block on non-hive pops living there. The planet would eat them effectively. <laughs> That's hilarious. The solution we're currently working on is to allow necro hives specifically to bring their necrophytes there. Just as you can combine fanatic purifier with necrophage, you can also be a devouring swarm necrophage. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So no limitation on there. It can be a devouring swarm necrophage if you'd like. That's great. Those will not, that origin and that civic will not conflict. So necrophytes, let's see, they're specialist jobs. They add amenities, produce 2.4 unity, have three food upkeep, three years of hard work. These unfortunate enough to be born separate from the collective consciousness can take the rights of unity and join with us becoming one of the collective consciousness. Wow. Okay, you know what? I think this is what I want to play. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm not certain, but this seems like a really, really cool thing. I, this is all about the necrophage today. I, I should have probably led with that. I didn't even look through the whole patch notes before I got on here. I get too excited. Hope you guys enjoy this. I'm like a kid on Christmas, like going through the patch notes with you. I'm not pretending to be some expert here. Let's see what's up next. General necrophage changes. It has not escaped notice that necrophages are quite strong. A lot of the things that make them cool and fun to play also make them very powerful, so it's a fine line to tread on. However, we've managed to come up with a set of changes that bring them a bit more in line with other starters while maintaining the spirit of the origin. First, non-purging necrophages no longer start with two extra pops in the other non-standard origins. Purging ones keep the extra pops because they are likely to lose a few pops through purging. Two, the guaranteed primitive world may no longer contain primitives that have advanced beyond the Iron Age. Previous limit was the Steam Age. And we will have more defensive armies, oh, I'm sorry, and will have more defensive armies than very early primitives usually have. This is to make their start not quite as outright better than other starts. Three, Centers of Elevation no longer provide stability bonuses, and the job's unity output has been cut by a quarter. Four, the chance of pops escaping during necrophage purging has been increased from 10 to 25%. Wow. This is now also communicated to players in tooltips. I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit of their section here on death cults. It says, in contrast to necrophages, with the advent of 3.0 and the accompanying pop changes, it has been felt that the death cults, though interesting mechanically and flavor-wise, have fallen behind the curve of bonuses. They go on to say that, in other words, um, sacrificing your pops just wasn't worth it, so they needed to look at increasing the rewards. The cool thing being that in um, some of these other updates in previous dev diaries, they talked about alleviating a bottleneck, which is really cool because it's going to help modders. That's great. Lem's going to have positive surprises for modders. Shout out to our amazing modders there that keep this game Super fascinating. They do say previously when you chose to sacrifice a populace, uh, you would gain a portion of the bonus as a fixed modifier and another portion scaled by the raw number of pops you sacrifice. This remains similar, but with one key difference, the scaled modifier is now scaled by the percentage of your total number of pops you've sacrificed. They go on to say they're still working on the exact number, but you get the gist of it. So there's gonna be a bonus per pop you sacrifice 
do a lot better in the early game, especially. Cool. Reanimated Armies is the next and final portion of this week's Dev Diary. They say changes have been made to Reanimated Armies. While the fantasy of being able to reanimate army uh, corpses of armies to fight for you is pretty cool and practice the impact of unlocking the new army type, which you had to research separate uh, technology, was quite underwhelming. So all that work for less. It says you can now build dread encampments from day one. Countries starting with the Civic will have one in their starting planet. Dread encampments are generally more useful now. They provide two necromancer jobs up from one, and necromancers now produce six of each unity, I'm sorry, of society and physics, pardon me, up from four. So six of each society and physics, that's up from four. Their numbers of defensive armies they spawn have been cut from three to four. So it gave an extra necromancer job. The necromancers will each produce two more of society and physics but they do have one less defensive army. Next point says, building a dread encampment replaces your defensive armies with undead defense armies, which are somewhat stronger. Next point, when you defeat any organic enemy army in battle, you now have a one in three chance of resurrecting them to join your own force. <gasps> oh, in effect, immediately spawning an undead defensive army. <gasps> I just, this sounds so exciting to me. Finally, if an empire with undead armies defeats the Void Spawn or the Matriarch, they can now resurrect them to fight in their own fleets? Oh, what? I'm sorry, what? Whoa, what is going on? Okay, that was the end of the update, everybody. I'm really excited. As a guy that tends to be all about the occult paranormal, I love my necromancers and video games. The necro phase seems super cool, but it well passed me by because I wasn't interested in, in it in the slightest since it wasn't a hive. I now... And way more interested, I thought that the army sounded really lame before, too. The player fantasy sounded great, but I don't chase player fantasy in Stellaris a lot. I tend to strike a balance almost in every game I play. Um, what's effective versus what's my player fantasy. And those armies, just armies in general in Stellaris, don't feel like a big part of the game. So with that being said, it just didn't seem like a perk. This seems neat to me. I like the idea that as a hive necrophage person, I could be just rolling over planets and what gaining the worlds and then also turning their armies into more armies. That just seems really, really cool. I dig that. Hopefully I didn't misinterpret any of the stuff in today's update. This has been great. Sorry for the quick check in this week, gang. This has been absolutely a phenomenal update. Huge shout out to the Stellaris team that is keeping us abreast of all the changes. I, I hope these little mini-sodes are helpful to folks out there. Like I said, please, please come by the Gilded, join us. That's the number one place. If you'd like to keep this podcast going, especially through these crazy times, I'm a solo, independent content creator, uh, check out our website, revelatornetwork.com forward slash subscribe. It has really cool ways to get involved from the $5 level and beyond. We really emphasize our $20 a month tier. We're using that to start hosting some game servers. Once I get through this move, <laughs> I am uh, moving here in July. It just got bumped a little bit too. So it's going to be later July that I'm moving. You guys are probably the first to hear that, but it's just going to be a little bit later um, happening, probably leaving around the 19th. We were going to think about getting there by the 19th. It seems we won't be getting a U-Haul truck until that date. So a little bit annoying just to have that change. At least it's a month out. So no pressure there. But anyway, if you're listening and having fun with this, I would super appreciate a five-star review on iTunes. Leave a little text with that. Uh, my other show got trolled by a bunch of really um, scary anti-vax style trolls that were just literally like trolling hard. 
So that sucked. That lost me iTunes reviews on Chaos and Shadow. So if you guys want to leave five-star reviews, be cool, combat the trolls. That'd be amazing. Like I said, if you leave any sort of like words there, that's all the better. It washes out any of the goop. But I think this show's had really, really great commentary. I so appreciate everyone that's been hanging with us. Come by Gilded, play some games. I'll especially be hosting some more Stellaris matches once I'm all settled in. So let's catch up soon. Hopefully a new episode next week. If not, you know it'll be coming the week after. Stay safe, everybody. Bye-bye. Revelator Podcast Network listeners, we're calling on you. We could use your help. We're courting our very first sponsor for the network. We're working with Manscaped over on Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. If you haven't subscribed to that show, make sure you do. It's a wonderful video game. I, I could talk about it forever. What I'm here to tell you about is that you can get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code KVB, like Kyle's Valheim Bulletin, right? So KVB, do that. Get yourself one of their new products. They just sent me the Lawnmower 4.0 that just came out here in May, and it's really, really nice. So check it out. If you got a guy in your life that you wanna buy these for, or anyone that you wanna send these to, they got a whole range of products up there going on now. Use code KVB. You're literally helping the network and this show grow by doing that. Get 20% off, free shipping, KVB, like Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. Thank you so much.